Welcome to this week's podcast from Faith Christian Church. For more details, check out faithcc.com.au. We hope you enjoy this message. I'm going to bring a, a word of encouragement this morning. And uh, it's one of those words that maybe for many, many of us, it's something that we just got to tuck away, remind ourselves of and go, yeah, I know that. Uh, but it's for another day. But I believe it's for a few this morning, maybe many this morning, that it's not for another day, it's for today. Because I believe the Word of the Lord is not just something to equip us in general, it's something that comes at just the right time to help us just keep on moving forward in the things of God. And uh, I wonder this morning, if you need a title for what I'll be sharing, it's the God of the unexpected, God of the left field. God of the, whoa, <laughs> I didn't see that coming. God of the unexpected. Because the reality is in our lives as we go on in our journey of faith, there are times where the unexpected suddenly comes upon us. Uh, you know, we think of God in so many ways, God of love, God of peace, God of healing, God of deliverance, God of salvation, God of joy, God of peace. But He's also the God of the unexpected. There are things that do come our way that he doesn't have to explain. He doesn't have to prepare us. It's just, bam, there it is. Now, the good part of that is that sometimes the unexpected is unexpected blessing. How many people have just sort of, all of a sudden, you've just been blessed, didn't see it coming, had no idea, but boom, suddenly you've just been chased down by the favor of God. Come on, I think anyone who's walked in God, walked with God for a while knows that, hey, he's a God of blessing. He's a God of favor. One of my greatest unexpected blessings was one day walking down the road after I'd been born again for about two years, 18 months, two years, and I'd been praying, God, I need a, I need, I need a wife, I need a wife. And I thought, I thought back then God would answer that you know, within a week. <laughs> Young men are always in a hurry, amen? Well, it took much longer than one week, but one day I'm walking down the road and I made, I'd, I'd said to God, God, I, 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 if I leave this to myself, I'll mess it up. Before I got born again, I mean, I messed up so many different relationships. So I said to God, God, you just let me know who it is and I'll marry her. <laughs> I'm walking down the road one day and here comes Sal. And she's walking down the, up, up the other end of the road and, and she wasn't born again. She didn't know the Lord. In fact, she had all kinds of different attitudes to the church. But she's walking up that way. I'm walking up and God speaks to me clear as a bell and says, she's the one. She's the one. Now, I've got to tell you, we didn't get married straight away. I didn't tell her that's what he told me. She got born again. She got filled with the Spirit. And about three years later, we were married. But how many people know that's an unexpected blessing? I didn't have to set it up. I didn't have, like God just said, boom, I'm going to bless you. We all know what it is to be blessed unexpectedly. But the reality is at some stage or another, it's not going to seem like a blessing. It's going to seem painful. It's going to seem confusing. It's going to seem overwhelming. Suddenly, we're in a place we don't want to be. And the reality is, we don't like those times, but the re reality is, those are the times that we actually grow more than any other time. You see, we, we can enjoy faith. We, we can receive an impartation in an atmosphere of faith and praise, but our faith only grows as it's applied. And I don't know about you, but I've learned that I'm more hungry for God in the times where I don't know what's going on than I am in the times when I've got everything under control. 
So I want us to look at a story of Elijah. We're going to be turning uh, to the Old Testament in just a few moments, but let's just lay the foundation of who Elijah was. Uh, Elijah was one of the good guys. He's a prophet of God. He's serving God with all of his heart uh, in a particularly not not a good time. The the Bible tells us that he's a prophet serving God, doing his best when when a king by the name of Ahab is reigning. And the Bible describes King Ahab's reign as this. He said, the Bible says, Ahab did more to arouse the anger of the Lord than all the kings of Israel before him. That's a big statement because if you know your Old Testament, you know there were some pretty mixed up kings back then. And not only was it King Ahab, but it was his wife Jezebel. Does that ring a bell to anyone? The Bible says that together, King Ahab and Jezebel led the nation in rebellion against God. They were actually leading the nation to serve foreign gods and idols. And so one day, God speaks to his man, Elijah, and says, go to the King Ahab and make a declaration. Well, God is basically saying, I need to teach these, this king and queen who's really God. So Ahab goes before King Ahab and makes a declaration, says there will be neither dew nor rain for the next few years except at my word. Then God says to Elijah, now you better get out of here because Ahab's not happy. Jezebel's not happy. So the word of the Lord comes to Elijah, says, go and hide in the Kerith Ravine, east of the Jordan. You will drink from the brook, and I've directed the ravens to supply you with food there. So Elijah follows the word of the Lord, goes down to the brook, and the Bible says, ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. How many people know this morning, Uber foods, it's not a new thing. God was into home delivery a long time before all those little guys on scooters. It's amazing. Everywhere you go now, God's bringing him provision every morning, every night, and the brook is there. And I'd seem to think, I think if you were to interview Elijah at that time, Elijah would be thinking, doesn't get any better than this. I declared the word of the Lord, I've been obedient, and now I'm protected, now I've got provision, and it's unlimited, I'm just experiencing the grace, and it doesn't get any better than this, come on! But then something terrible happens. Something terrible, something unexpected, something I'm sure he really wasn't thinking would happen. 1 Kings 17, verse 7, sometime later, everyone say, sometime later, The brook dried up because there'd been no rain. I wonder wonder this morning whether your brook's ever dried up. So the truth is, the reality is for all of us, there will be a time where we all face our sometime later, where it seems that the provision, the blessing, the favor, the presence of God suddenly disappears. I don't know what that might look like in your life or has looked like. Maybe it's a loss of a job. Maybe it's a, it's a diagnosis that the doctor speaks. Maybe it's a financial crisis. Maybe it's a relational. Maybe it's a, a tragic accident. And suddenly, your world changes and, and you don't know why. And you're not getting answers from heaven. It's just that the brook has dried up. And what we have to understand this morning is that nobody is exempt from the brook drying up. Sometime later comes to every one of us. For Sally and I, we've served God all of our lives. But we faced our brook drying up. We faced the diagnosis of cancers coming into the family. 
years ago, uh, just recently we were with Pastor Matt just uh, imparting into young leadership of, of the churches and, and we shared some of the stories of the unexpected that we had come that one day our, our young daughter who's serving God with all of her heart, who, who fell in love with a young man who had got gloriously saved and transformed and, and they were like the, the pin-up couple in the youth group and across the church. Parents would come to us and they say, oh, we're, we're praying, we're believing that, you know, our daughter will find a young man like your daughter found and they can serve God the way that your daughter and husband are serving the Lord. And one day our young daughter came back from a, a mission trip, was picked up by her husband and, and on the way home he was a little bit quiet and then he turns to her and makes an announcement. He said, I made, made a decision while you've been away, I've, I've decided I don't really love you anymore and I'm going to leave you. And within two weeks he had disappeared from her life and disappeared from our life. That's an unexpected circumstance. A few years ago, I was preaching in our fourth service on the Sunday morning. I've shared this with some of you uh, before. I was preaching a message entitled, If You Build God's House, God Will Build Your House. That's a good title. We were coming to a mission, a mission giving. Let's build faith. Don't hold back. God will bless you. Trust Him. Well, the time I was, I was preaching that message for the fourth time, literally our house and everything we owned within it was completely wiped out by a random bushfire out in Warrandyte. How many people know that's an unexpected? And we're the good guys. We're serving God just like you. We're the good guys. But God's not afraid to let the unexpected come into our lives because it's during those times we discover His faithfulness more than any other time. So what do we do? Let's have a look. It says there, verse 8, Then the word of the Lord came to him, Elijah, Go at once to Zarephath of Sidon and stay there. I've commanded a widow in that place to supply you with food. And so he went to Zarephath. And when he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He, he called to her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in, in a jar so I may have a drink? And as she was going to get it, he called, Oh, and bring me, please, a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in the jar and a little oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Now, I don't know about you, but if I was Elijah back then, I'd be thinking I got the wrong widow. I mean, oh, got that wrong. I'm looking for a rich widow. I'm looking for someone who's got the answer. But Elijah knew that he'd heard from the Lord. So Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you've said, but first make a small cake of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me and, and then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, not, not what the circumstance says. Not, not what your feelings are saying, not what our emotions might say, not what our intellect might say, but Elijah is saying, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. The jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord gives rain on the land. So she went away and did. Everyone says, did? As Elijah had told her. And so there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. 
Father, we pray this morning that God, through your word, faith, revelation, hope rises in every heart. God, give us a greater revelation of the provision of the cross. Give us a greater revelation of the reality of Jesus. And I pray this morning, Father, wherever there may be ones that are right now in the middle of unexpected, inexplicable circumstances, Father, that you give us insight and faith to know exactly what to do in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Rule number one, when you're facing the unexpected, don't panic. Don't panic. Now, I know every time I say that, you're looking at me with angel eyes. And I know in a Sunday morning, said, oh, I'd never do that, Pastor. Oh, no, no, I love Jesus. I've, I've been listening to Pastor Matt's preaching for years. I don't panic. Yeah, I've seen the movie. I know what happens. Every time you've seen the movie, every time somebody yells, don't panic, what does everybody do? Panic! It's just a normal human natural reaction. We get that diagnosis come back from the doctor, and immediately we start thinking, I'm going to die. It's just a matter of time. I'm going to die. This is the worst scenario. We, we, we see the, 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 the balance sheet going the wrong way. We, we start to panic. We, think, we panic. It's our natural emotional response and reaction to start panicking when we lose control and we don't know what's going on. Do I have any control freaks in the house? If you're a control freak, you know what it's like. When you don't know what's going on, it's like, ah! Well, the truth is, if we panic and if we give in to emotion, give in to irrational thought, we are never going to be able to catch the next whisper of God. I told you just before that one of the unexpected things that happened with us was that we lost the house. Well, well, the good news is in both those stories, actually, the good news is for our daughter, seven years later, she, she met a man of God and, and they met, fell madly in love together and now she's been restored and they're enjoying their now two babies down. Come on, every grandparent knows that's significant. Two babies down, more to come. God is the God of restoration, so my daughter now is happily remarried, and their husband are serving the Lord together, leading one of the campuses of Bridge Church. For us, with our house and losing everything, God miraculously restored, and we ended up building a brand new house, and a house beyond our greatest dreams. It's just miraculous provision of God. One of the things the house has got down in the basement is a sauna. I love a sauna. I meet God in the sauna. He and I are very intimate in the sauna. I just lie there and dream and I just hear from the Holy Spirit. It's awesome. Every man of God needs a sauna. <laughs> oh, one night we've only been in the house for about two weeks and I'm having a sauna downstairs and Sally's upstairs and uh, she knows that I'm down in the sauna, but I made a fatal mistake and um, I, I opened the door to the sauna at the end of the, the drying time and uh, all the steam went rushing out and I hadn't put the exhaust fan on. And so all the steam went rushing out, hit the fire alarm thing, and the fire alarm went off. Now, I'm not talking about an old, I'm talking about a new fire alarm. I'm talking about lights flashing, sirens blaring at every level of the house. Now, just think about it. I've been calling out with God in the presence of God, just lost in the, and then suddenly everything changes in a moment of time. And then Sally's upstairs, and the same thing's happening to her. She doesn't know what's going on. Now, remember, Sally, when our house burnt down, Sally was actually in the house. 
I was preaching, but she was resting at home with a bad back. She just got out of the thing, was confronted by the wall of flames, all that kind of stuff. Now, now she's in the house and the fire alarm's going off. How many people are that probably triggered a little bit of trauma going on? So she's running around upstairs. I'm running around downstairs trying to find, where's that, where's that panel? Now, the builder, of course, before he handed over, had explained when the, the fire alarm ever goes off or whatever, this is what you do. Open up the panel. But I mean, whoever listens to the instructions? So I didn't have a clue. I found the thing. I'm pressing buttons. Nothing's happening. I meet Sally halfway. Sally's screaming at me over the sound of the siren. I'm screaming at her. Ah! What's going on? I, said, I don't know. I think I did this. I think she said, turn it off. I can't turn it off. Why not? I don't know. I can't remember the number. We're screaming and we're literally panicking, panicking, panicking. It's all out of control. And then suddenly, I had a revelation. In all of that panic, I thought, ah, call the builder. Call the builder. So it was about quarter to 11 at night. I rang the builder. Thank God he answered the phone. I said to him, mate, the fire alarm's going off. He's going, yeah, I can hear it. I said, what do I do? And he said, just press the numbers. He gave me the sequence of the numbers. Press do, 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 and press off, and it'll go. So I did. I opened the panel. I pressed do, 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 off. And guess what happened? It stopped. Peace. I learned a valuable lesson. When it seems like everything's out of control and you haven't got a clue what to do, don't panic. Call the builder. (laughs) Don't panic. Get your thoughts under control. Understand that God is there and he's still looking. He's still watching. He's still got you in his heart. Psalm 46 says, God is our refuge, our strength, and ever-present help in trouble, not keeping us from trouble, a present help in our trouble. If anyone ever says to you, give your life to Christ and you'll have no trouble, slap them in the face, tell them to read their Bible. He's an ever-present help in our trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth give way, the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. He's not talking about a toothache. He's talking about it looks like the end of everything is coming. Now remember then, the Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. But then verse 10 of Psalm 46, I think it'll come up on the screen. He says, this God who is always with us, he says, be still and know that I am God. When I was first born again, we used to get into church and some of those old hymns, those old songs, some of you might know it. You know the one? Be still and know that I am God. Don't make me do a solo. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am gone. I'm telling you, it's powerful. But here's the thing, it's not, a, it's not an external stillness. It's not, don't run around. It's, not, it, it, it's an internal stillness. It's taking authority over those thoughts, over those panicking emotions, taking authority inwards. And what I've learned is it helps me just to remember a few things when I'm in the unexpected. Be still and know that God never changes. 
Our seasons change. Our circumstances change. Our struggles change. Everything changes in our lives, but God never changes. He's a faithful God. Remember that nothing ever takes God by surprise. He's not like the internet. He never crashes. He's not like your Wi-Fi connection that that just goes, disappears. No, God is always there. He's always watching. Nothing takes him by surprise, and the plans that he has for us are ultimately always for our good. You know, the scripture that says all things work together for good, it's true. It's true, but listen, it's not um, in our time frame. It's in God's time frame. And the reality is God has no problems allowing short-term pain for long-term gain. God has no problem putting us in a situation where we're totally out of our depth because he knows that's where faith is born. God knows what he's doing. And it might seem painful and it might seem like what's going on, but the truth is he's got it all under control. And if we can be faithful, if we can be focused, we're going to end up blessing his name for whatever circumstance we're in. But remember this, that every trial actually is not about the circumstances. Every trial, every unexpected situation isn't about necessarily what's happening in the immediate. It's about one thing and one thing only, trust. Trust. See, the incredible thing about God is it's not his job to explain everything to us. It's our job simply to trust. Simply to trust. I want to say to people here this morning, you may be in a situation where it looks bad, feels bad, and maybe in the natural it is unbelievably bad, and I'm not trying to belittle any pain, I'm not trying to belittle any situation that you may be going through, but I want to remind you this morning that no matter what that situation is, God is in control. God is watching over, and God is calling you this morning to put, to, to still yourself, to still your spirit, to be able to catch The next thing, because the next thing is understanding that the word of the Lord will come. Rule number one, don't panic. Rule number two, wait for your word. Wait for your word. See, verse seven was bad. But thank God, verse seven is always followed by verse eight. You'll be able to go home and say, man, we heard a good message this morning. It was so deep. Verse eight always follows verse seven. But I'm telling you, there's something, there's something powerful in there as well. You see, the story always goes on. The story didn't end at verse 7. That was just leading up to the greatest, and the greatest was what came next, and that was the word of the Lord. The Bible says there that the word of the Lord came to him, and he go at once to Zarephath, and the great thing was that he obeyed the word of the Lord. Can I tell you this morning, the word of the Lord always comes at just the right time, at just the right place for you and I. And can I say this morning again to encourage anyone here this morning, if you're not sure what's going on, your word is on its way. It's like those cement trucks I saw in that vision. Your word is on its way. It may be out of sight right now. You may not know what it is right now, but I'm telling you, God is faithful. And when Elijah needed to hear what he needed to do next, bam, the word of the Lord came. And can I say to you this morning, you may not know right now, but I'm telling you, it's coming and bam, you will know it when God speaks to you. 
And I don't know whether it will be a word of instruction, whether it will simply be a word of peace, whether it will be a word of hope. I don't know what the word will be for you that will be the answer to shift you into the next season. But I'm telling you, you will know it. Because that's God's responsibility. When I was a father with young children and I had to communicate something to the children, whose responsibility was it that they understood? Mine. I had to be the one that came to them. I had to be the one who explained to them, this is what I want you to do. This is how you need to act right now. It's the parent's responsibility to communicate clearly to the child. And it's the same principle in the kingdom of God. We sometimes stress because we've got to figure it out. We've got to figure it out. I've got to know what to do. I've got to know. Oh, oh, God. Oh, God. We run around and if we were Elijah, we'd we'd grab a shovel and try and dig for water. Or we'd try and do it, fix it in our own. But no, no, no. When you don't know what to do, be still. Wait for your word. Because your word is already on its way. And if you still your spirit, you'll catch it. Psalm 48, verse 1 says, Great is the Lord, most worthy of praise in the city of our God, in His holy mountain. And if you read that psalm, can I encourage you to read that psalm? It goes on and describes God. It says, God is beautiful. He's strong. He's almighty. He establishes His holy city. He defeats all of His enemies. But then it says in verse 14 of Psalm 48, This God, who's beautiful, who's powerful, who defeats all of your enemies, this God, is our God, is your God, is your loving Father, is your provider, is your defender. This God is our God forever and ever, and He will be our guide even to the end. You don't have to figure it out. You just have to follow. Catch what God is saying and follow a couple of years ago, Sally and I had the privilege of being able to go to uh, visit Israel. And uh, if you've ever been to Israel, gone into Jerusalem, and we're at the peak of the tourist season, it's chaotic. It's, it's just crazy. So many nationalities crammed into one small geography, so many different languages and cultures and noises and smells. And, and we remember one day we had a guide come with us, thank God. But he led us to all these little alleyways and marketplaces, and we're getting bumped. And, and like it, it's, it, he brought us to this place in the end, it's just a big square where there are all kinds of you know, takeaway options of local foods and things. And, uh, and he brought us there and said, look, this is a good place for lunch. You can get kebabs over there, something else over there. There's something, and he said, Look, I'm just going to go away, do something. You get yourself some food, and, and I'll be back. And so he disappeared. And so we go, Okay, let's, let's do this. And uh, it was just absolutely chaotic, quite scary in a way, because we didn't know the languages and we didn't know, like, they don't queue. I don't know if you've ever been like, I thank God in Australia we know how to queue. It's very orderly. You line up, and then eventually you get your turn, and they say, what would you like? Well, that was not what was happening. It was just like a riot. All the locals were getting served first, and they're screaming over here, and we just sort of, ah. Well, eventually, we got what we needed. We sat down. We ate our lunch, and I'm looking around, and, and, and I'm thinking, where's the guide? Where, where, where's our guide? And he just didn't come back. And as it goes on, I'm starting to get a little bit nervous. I'm looking at my wife thinking, I'm supposed to be the defender, the protector of my wife. But I'm thinking, if our guide doesn't come back, we're dead. (laughs) I don't know where I am. I don't know how to speak the language. It's all over. And I'm starting to get quite anxious. But while I'm getting anxious, guess what happens? Eventually, the guide comes back. 
I remember saying to her at the time, you know, boy, I, I, I was getting hurt. I thought, boy, if you, didn't, if you didn't come back, we were going to be in serious trouble. I remember he looked at me and he said, hey, I told you I'd be back. Can I say to you, God has made promises, as Pastor Matt declared earlier on. Jesus said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. He said, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit, and He will be your helper. He will be your guide. He will lead you through whatever circumstance you find yourself in. So number two, don't panic, but simply wait for your word. And number three, and I'm going to invite the musicians to come if you would. When the word comes, simply obey. Follow the instructions. And can I tell you, the instructions and the, and the direction that God leads you, there'll always be two components to it. To walk out of your unexpected moment, there'll be two miracles. One will be the miracle of relationship. The other will be the miracle of obedience. You see, if you look here, the first thing God did with Elijah was he connected him to a sovereign relationship. And, and it seemed like a strange one, but it was a sovereign one. Elijah needed to connect with that widow woman. And the widow woman needed to connect with the prophet. And can I say to you, friends, the worst thing we can do in unexpected seasons is isolate ourselves. I know I'm preaching to the converted because you're here in the service this morning. But friends, you can be in a service but still isolated. And I want to encourage you again, you are in a healthy place. Faith Church is a healthy church and God has given you the opportunity to, to build great community. But only you can step into that community. You can come, you can go. Or you can actually come and decide, I'm going to build connection. I want to encourage you in an unexpected moment. Yes, look up. Because God is watching. God is waiting. God is there to help you. But can I also say, look around. Look around. Because your miracle will come through somebody. I don't know if you've discovered that or not. Most of the miracles of God come through somebody else. You're praying for finance. You're praying for favor. You're praying for answers. They don't just fall out of the sky. God's connected us together. And, and it might be, you might look at the people around you and go, what, him? Huh? Hey, a rich widow? No, a poor widow. Someone with abundant provision? No, someone who needed to take a step of faith. Can I tell you, you are in the community of faith. And when we connect, God starts to bring answers, but there will always be a need for you and I simply to step out in faith. Elijah could have just held back and said, no, 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 she's not the one. No, 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 no. But he did what he was asked to do, and she did what she was asked to do, and the provision went on and on and on. Can I tell you that again this morning, I don't know what it is that God will ask you to do, but I know that when you do it, breakthrough comes. Breakthrough comes. Maybe it will be breakthrough in a relationship simply because you go to that person and you ask for forgiveness. Maybe it will be breakthrough in finance or in a business decision simply because you, you, you don't try and figure it out, but you just catch something from God that's got the peace of God on it. And you just simply do what you feel in God to do. And because it's God, everything starts to fall into place and everything changes. I don't know what it will be, but I know when the Word comes and when we step out on that Word, miracles begin to flow. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from Faith Christian Church. To stay up to date, check us out at our website, faithcc.com.au.